Hello everybody, it is Saturday, June 12th, 2021, and let me once again have the honor, the privilege, and the pleasure of welcoming you to episode number 210 of the Ordinary Podcast, polynerdic.com's weekly nerd-centric life and culture podcast for adults. As always, I am your ordinary nerdy host, Shad, and before we get into the normal preamble, let me apologize for the air conditioner running while I record. It just kicked off. I no doubt know that you heard the quality and sound change. Um, it's just too warm in here to, to sit with the air conditioner off, and as much as I dislike the higher electric bill, I dislike being sweaty and uncomfortable doing nothing even more. Um this episode is going to be relatively quick. I just have a few things that I wanted to talk about this week, and I'm cramming this into my lunch break uh, at work um, because I will not have time in the afternoon to record, so we're doing it at lunch. Uh, my stuff this week uh, was not a lot. Um, I did not stream past Monday. I did take Monday off for a bonus stream, uh, so that was nice. Um, spent just about eight hours streaming on monday and we also streamed our normal uh every other weekend saturday and sunday streams this week so we streamed a ton of things um or at least a ton of hours if not a ton of things i did play a lot of the wild at heart on those three days i'm almost done with it i've got past the puzzle that i, that I was befuddled by I've, i have the three big elements that we need to uh progress the story and we're almost at the end of it. I think next time I play it, it'll probably be the end. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do that on stream or off, to be honest. Um, you know, Cozy Grove, Animal Crossing, my normal start-the-day things with my coffee games that I play. Um, we played some Conan Exiles this week. I'd, I had not played that before. Uh, it's, it's, again, in that area, area of... Survival games that frustrate me in the sense that there's food, water, exposure, combat, scavenging, crafting, all that stuff. Like I like some of those things, not all of them together. Uh, I would like to play it without the food and water and exposure stuff. Just make it a scavenging, crafting, survival sort of situation. Um, I, th I think when you start adding in food, water, and exposure, you're, you're just it's just too many systems. Uh, but I did enjoy the goofiness of the game because it is a goofy, goofy freaking game. If you watched our stream or went back and saw the highlights, um, things like enemies running at me sideways, uh, running for my life uh, because I couldn't figure out how to make weapons and stuff uh, in, in the, the first attempt at it. I did play it off stream on the PlayStation because I do have it on both. Uh, I think it was a freebie on one and it's on Game Pass on the Xbox. Um I did actually enjoy the PlayStation version of it more. I don't know if the PlayStation version runs better or if it just looks better because I was playing it on a bigger TV, uh, but I did enjoy it. And we might circle back to that um, at some point. Uh, it it was entertaining. And then off stream, I also played some of that new Super Bomberman online game. Uh, I'm terrible at it. I don't think I've made it out of the top 50 yet. Um, or into the top 50, I should say. Uh, the bottom 10 or so, uh, I die very quickly and I have not eliminated anybody myself. Uh, but it is fun. I love Bomberman and I've said for years that I just wanted to have people over and play Bomberman and, you know, have a few drinks and whatever. Well, now I can kind of sort of do that 
by playing it online with people because it's free. Um, that was basically my gaming for the week. Other than D and D stuff, obviously, I've been mad prepping for D and D this weekend um, as we finish another chapter of my kid's story. And uh, well, my girlfriend and my kids, you know, the game they're playing and I'm running, uh, we are closing in on another chapter. Um, and I think I might unleash Curse of Strahd on them this weekend. Like they know it's coming, they just don't know when. Uh, we might do that this weekend. Uh, after they wrap up the story, if they wrap up the story by by a good point on Sunday. Um, on that note, I also have been checking out a variety of third-party stuff and homebrew stuff. A GM binder, I found a ton of homebrew subclasses and spells and stuff that I'm, uh, I'm looking through. I also picked up the um, Grim Hollow Player's Guide uh, to supplement the the core book that I already got last year. Um, looking at some of those transformation options and spells and stuff, you know, things to add to our game. I'm thinking about making the Grim Hollow universe a plane of existence in our game uh, because, you know, it is our game and I can do that. Um, the Weird Wasteland Kickstarter uh, launched this week and it has some, some beautiful looking stuff in it that I want to check out. Uh, I also had spent a good chunk of the week uh, listening to D&D novels. Uh, I, I quote-unquote read on Audible the uh, Night of the Black Rose Ravenloft book, which is Lord Soth's story. Um, as a Forgotten Realms fan and not a Dragonlance fan for the most part, uh, nothing against Dragonlance, I just grew up with Forgotten Realms, um, Lord Soth was a new character to me when he showed up at the beginning of the Black Dice Society. And I was immediately interested in this Death Knight. So I you know, started looking up his story, saw that they have this book, got it on Audible, listened to it this week. Really good book, really good story. He's one of those characters that's just a despicable bastard that you're also just interested in, in my opinion. Like, I find him to be a very interesting character, even though he's, you know, in life was a son of a bitch. Um, there's some things where he's just screwing with Strahd, in the book that just like, okay, I like this guy. You know, I'll look past all the other horse shit for a second and, you know, enjoy this thing he's doing to this other asshole. Um, I started a book called Brimstone Angels, which is uh, about two uh, tiefling twins uh, that become heroes in the, in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, but I fell off of it after about three hours and returned it to Audible. It, uh, it just, I'm not the target demo. I'm not saying it's a bad book, uh, but I'm definitely not the target demo for that. Uh, it is definitely uh, young adult fiction uh, at the oldest. Uh, there's, there, there was just some stuff with the, the writing style and the, the story development that just didn't click with me. Um, you know, being a, in my 30s male, uh, I, it just wasn't for me. Um, and then from there, I started the Baldur's Gate novelization because Baldur's Gate is a game that you know everyone loves and talks great about, and it's a style of game that I just don't enjoy. I, I really struggle with the old school CRPGs, and I want to like it a whole lot, and I keep trying to play it, but I just get frustrated with it. Uh, so instead, I'm listening to the novel. I have about three hours left to go on the novel. The novel is really solid. Um, Looking into it, the novel is the official canon version of the story, not what you necessarily play in the game. 
uh, like they, you know, the character has a name, um, Abdel Adrian. Uh, he is, you know, well, I don't want to spoil for anyone that doesn't know, but the the book has been pretty good. Um, the reader on it is pretty good. Uh, that was one thing I did want to point up, bring up about uh, Brimstone Angels. Uh, my entire life, I have heard the sword Falchion pronounced Falchion. Uh, in that Brimstone Angels book, the reader pronounces it Falchion. And I've never heard it pronounced Falchion anywhere. Uh, I don't know if it's one of those words that has two correct pronunciations, uh, but I could not get past her saying Falchion over and over again. Um, because one of the main characters in the story, or one of the supporting characters in the story, wields a falchion. Um, and I might be mispronouncing it now, too, because like it doesn't sound right coming out of my, out of my mouth either way. Um, oh, wow. Uh, air conditioning just kicked on again. I apologize. And the last thing I accomplished this week uh, was Chelsea and I finished campaign two of Critical Role episode number 141, the seven-hour episode. We watched it over the course of a couple days, wrapped it up. Sad to see those characters go. I think all of them were good characters, Beauregard and Yasha and Ford and and Caduceus and, and Molly Mock slash whatever his new name is. I know it, but if you haven't seen it yet, I don't want to spoil it. Um, all of them, Veth, all of them. Just Caleb, great characters. But I think the two I'm going to miss the most happen to be the clerics, Caduceus and, and Jester. Um, you know, I was introduced to Critical Role midway through Campaign 2. So those were the first characters I ever watched them portray. And then I liked it enough that I went back and listened to all of Campaign 1. Uh, and while their characters in Campaign 1 were great, I think their characters in Campaign 2 were better and especially in the case of, of uh, Jester and Caduceus, um, Grog might actually be better than Ford, at least in a more fun kind of way. I don't know. Um, my point is, is I'm going to miss Jester and Caduceus. I think they're the most fun. Uh, Jester just being the goofy, non-cleric cleric for most of the campaign, and Caduceus being like the wise old sage of the group. I, I just really going to miss them. Um, campaign 3 has not been officially announced yet but they have definitely talked that they're doing a third campaign and in the meantime they announced this week that they are going to do a show called Exandria Unlimited Exandria being the world that Critical Role takes place in uh, Exandria being the world that is official D&D lore with the, uh, the Wildmount book that they put out last year uh, just before the pandemic started um, is getting its own new show uh, well, Exandria is getting a new show, a miniseries, eight episodes, and I don't remember all the names involved, and I apologize if I, if I mispronounce her name. Uh, Abria Iyengar uh, is going to DM this, uh, this campaign. I've never heard her name announced out loud prior to that. I've always seen her as her, uh, her Twitter handle. Um, She's going to be the DM for this eight-episode miniseries, and Matt Mercer is going to play. So those two things together are super exciting. New DM, talented DM, and Matt Mercer gets to be a player for eight episodes. Um, I'm very excited for that. Uh, I, I believe it's the 24th, uh, two weeks from Thursday, this past Thursday. Um, I'm excited to see that happen. In video game news this week, 
Next lander launched. Uh, not not a name I'm used to yet, um, because it literally launched this week. Next lander, next lander for you guys that don't know is the brainchild of Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker, and Vinny Caravella, formerly of Giant Bomb. The three personalities that, in my opinion, were the strongest and most entertaining personalities on the Giant Bomb brand. Nothing against Jan and Jason and. Um, Oh, hell, who else is there now? Jan, Jason, back in the day when Dan Reichert was there, Abby and Ben, you know, other people that have departed. The strongest personalities for most of my time with Giant Bomb as a fan have been Vinny, Alex, and Brad. They left. Still not real clear on why they left. Giant Bomb announced this week their new plans. I'm waiting to see on that one um, because... What you know? While they seem to be excited about their new plans, I am not so much. Um, I, I want to see where it goes, what they come up with uh, before I give them my money. I've been I've been a loyal Giant Bomb subscriber for several years now, and I based on the ambiguity of, of what happened last month, I I, I canceled my subscription. Uh, I am very excited for Next Lander. Um, I might even throw in five for a couple months on their on their Patreon because it's their lowest level uh, donation uh, if I can afford it um, I'm very happy to see them back I watched the Summer Game Fest stuff uh, with Jeff Keeley on Thursday with them talking over it uh, them and Austin Walker from Waypoint I'm very 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 excited to see them back in doing something in gaming my, my fear were, was that they weren't going to do anything together uh, that they were all going to go their separate ways and that you know, I, I would not have that three-man crew together again. Um, and now they're doing their own thing. Like I said, Next Lander, not sure about that name. But then again, Giant Bomb probably sounded the same when it started as well. Like, you know, I would, you know, for almost a decade now, Giant Bomb has been my go-to video game website. Uh, maybe 10 years from now, Next Lander will be as well. Uh, and it won't sound nearly as weird to me. Uh, speaking of that, that's what we're going to wrap with is the Summer Game Fest stuff that happened on Thursday. It's kind of like a, a pre-E3 E3 sort of thing, um, you know, where they had music acts, which I always muted because I just have no desire to watch that. Um, and then they uh, announced some games, showed some stuff. Um, E3 is this weekend, so I suspect that's what we'll talk about next week. But for the, su- the Summer Game Fest stuff that they put out if i'm even calling it the right thing i don't even know if i'm calling it the right thing like they announced stuff like a ps5 version of uh death stranding that's the director's cut as if that game needed a director's cut um and i don't hate on it i actually like death stranding more than some of the later metal gears but uh i don't think death stranding needed a director's cut the video was funny though of uh norman reedus's character hiding in a box Similar to Solid Snake, but doing it wrong. Um, that, that you know, made me smile. Um, they announced Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, the next game from the Borderlands people, Gearbox. Uh, I'm leaning hard no on that one. I, as much as I like the idea of a fantasy setting, uh, it is still a looter shooter, or as Alex Navarro wants it to be called, a shlooter. Um, and while the idea of shooting dragons with a machine gun while other people throw magic at it is appealing they lost me immediately with butt stallion 
uh, that like the Borderlands humor just hasn't landed for me in in several years. And it's probably because I'm a, a crotchety old man. Um, but I uh, am leaning hard no right now. I will give it its due diligence. If it play, comes up in a way that I can play it for not too expensive, I will certainly take a look at it. But I am not sold on it out at at, at this time. Um, they did announce that Tunic will be getting a playable demo on the Xbox this coming Tuesday. I'm very, very excited for that. Apparently, it's a new demo, not a demo that's been put out anywhere else before. So I'm excited for that. Tunic being the Zelda-like uh, that I've had my eyes on for what feels like 20 years. Um, I'm very excited to get to play that on this coming Tuesday. Um, Elden Ring. People finally got to see their Elden Ring. People were acting like it's been a decade since it was announced uh, in the way they've reacted to the fact that we got to see it. Uh, Elden Ring is exactly what I expected it to look like. It definitely feels like a From Software game based on what it looks like. I'm excited for it and not. And I, I say that with the caveat that like I have always liked the look and feel of From, so- From Software. The look and the vibe of from software games like Bloodborne, love the setting, love the story it's telling. Same with the game, the Game of Thrones. Same with the Dark Souls games. But I just don't like the way they play. And it's not a, not a case of I need to get good, as the internet likes to say. It's just a case of like I don't appreciate the way they're designed. Um, I don't like the ambiguity of the items and the and the little cryptic things that everyone thinks are all cute. Um, I don't like the way combat feels. I don't like the way that like my sword or axe or club strikes walls, but the enemies doesn't. Uh, I don't like how janky they can be at times and how you are punished for said jank. I have a clip from the Dark Souls 1 remaster uh, where there's like a, um, a gorgon, essentially, from D&D, like a big steel bull, and it's caught on a pillar. And it just can't attack me. And I'm just wailing on it, wailing on it, wailing on it, letting my stamina recharge, wailing on it. It gets to be almost dead, and then out of the blue, it undoes itself from the position where it was stuck and kills me in, like, a single hit. Um, I don't like the you die, you have to go back to your body and get your souls aspect of it. I've never liked that uh, in any sort of game. I, I cannot stand that when progress is lost by death. And uh, I don't like the checkpoint respawning the enemy thing. Granted, that lets you farm souls, but I, I just really don't like that. And so I, I need to see more of Elden Ring. Does it have that same sort of mechanic uh, where you get to a, get through a really tough fight and hit a checkpoint, and then you've got to go back through that really tough fight to get somewhere else? Um, does it do that, or is it going to do something different? Uh, because the combat alone I can deal with. I can deal with the the Souls-style combat. As much as I dislike it, I can deal with it. Um, because it's, it's just a, a style of combat in a game. I can deal with the managing the stamina and smartly parrying and dodging and stuff like that. Uh, it's not my favorite way to play, but I can cope with it. I just can't stand the other stuff that comes with it. So it remains to be seen. I'm excited for the people that are excited for Elden Ring. Uh, Danny O'Dwyer, uh, affiliate of Giant Bomb, not necessarily a member of it, but he's been on their stuff since the the exodus of the other three guys that I like. Um, 
he was excited because he said some of it looked like Celtic lore, and I'm excited for that. Uh, I don't know Celtic lore as much as I know Norse lore and stuff like that, but like it's exciting to see something different, uh, and especially like my ancestral bloodline goes back to you know Scotland and Ireland and stuff. So like it, it'll be exciting to see my ancestral lore in a game if that's the case. Um, and the last thing, the last little bit of ridiculousness I want to touch on before I wrap it up and get back to work. Uh, since my lunch break is winding down, I have about 10 minutes. Um, they announced Battlefield 2042 this week. It's going to be multiplayer only. There's not going to be a campaign, uh, which is kind of fine. Like, I always liked playing the Battlefield campaigns, but they were kind of kind of garbage. Um, one of them, I think the Battlefield 4 campaign was broken as hell. Um, a number of times I remember having to start missions over because of some sort of stupid glitch. Um, you know, NPC didn't spawn and open a door or whatever. Or he's there, but he didn't register that you're there, so he doesn't open the door, that sort of stupid stuff. Um, so that's, you know, a mixed thing. Like, it's it's kind of a bummer there's not going to be a single-player campaign, but also the campaigns were bad. Um, except for the Battlefield Bad Company game campaigns, they were awesome. I don't know still why we're not getting Bad Company 3 yet. Um... That would have been an awesome announcement. They're doing it with classes and replacing them with named characters uh, that you can play as, which is we- interesting and weird because, like, I know on last gen Xbox One, PlayStation 4, there's only going to be 32 a- again, I think. I think they're doing just like they did it when we jumped from 360 to this current generation that we left just now, um, where, like, Xbox One and PlayStation 4 get smaller battles than PlayStation 5 and Series X do. Um, I'm not full up on the numbers, uh, but I think it's 32 for them and 64 for the big ones. Maybe maybe it's 64 for them and 128 for the big consoles. I don't know. But, like, if you're going to have named characters, operators, um, there's just going to be... Is there just going to be a shitload of them running around on the field together? It's like, I'm Steve, you're Steve, he's Steve. Is it going to be that situation? Um... But the funny thing to me was the announcement that it's not political, despite the fact that the setting being set in a climate change apocalypse, and there's situations with refugees, like that's the story the game is built around, but it's not political. Those are just there for gameplay reasons, they said. Um, And it's because politics are such a dirty fucking word in in the gaming industry now, and they shouldn't be, uh, but they are, because there's always going to be a bunch of people out there, keep your politics out of my game, like... Unfortunately, everything is pretty political. Um, And when you put a climate change apocalypse, a climate apocalypse, and refugees running from said climate apocalypse, uh, that's a pretty political situation. At least Ubisoft had the balls to come out and say that the next Far Cry game is inherently political um, with the Fidel Castro-esque government of the game that you're rebelling against. Um, So Ubisoft at least developed something of a spine this year. Uh, but EA, not so much. EA and DICE just still going to hide behind that. It's not political nonsense. Uh, i got to go. I'm running out of time fast. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Ordinary Podcast. I know this was rushed, and we covered a fairly decent amount of stuff really fast. Um, I apologize. Just time this week was not my friend. I have adulting to do immediately after work. Uh, So I'm skipping my lunch break to continue my 
every week streak. I could, I could have just easily not had a show this week, but that didn't sit well with me. So here we are recording the show at lunch. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Polynerdic on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, on Twitter, on, on Reddit. We have a subreddit, and you know I'm a Reddit user, um, y- using that term very loosely since I almost never put anything over there uh, until it gets bigger. I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to pitch you on a thing that I ignore. Uh, we have a Discord. We have polynerdic.com or polynerdic.wordpress.com if you want the full URL. And um, we also have a Patreon and a coffee. If you want to support us financially, and of course, um, you can subscribe on Twitch. Trying to make a buck doing something I love, as opposed to what I'm about to go return to and uh, scrape together a living uh, as my soul dies working medical claims. I got to get back to it. I hope you have a great weekend. And I'll be back next week to talk about E3 2021, as crazy as that sounds. Talk to you next week. Hope to see you around on all our other means. Until next time.